Whether you've tuned in for the radio show or the real estate business, you're in for one heck of a show. Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's episode 405 now. Can you believe that of the Ron and Don show? And yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. We are live from the Les Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don show, we're going to talk about having a midlife crisis. Are people having them later? And is having a midlife crisis actually a good thing if you're in your 40s 50s 60s even 70s listen up because you may be having a midlife crisis and maybe that's exactly what you need also i've just talked to my next door neighbor kevin he's getting ready to go for sale coming up here uh we're not representing him he always has a a realtor that he's known for decades he's a very good friend of mine and he's concerned and he said am i coming on the market too late has the market peaked Let's talk about that. Before we talk about that, though, let's talk about this. Everybody is talking about the children in Texas. They are talking about the teachers in Texas who are heroic. And they're also talking about the police now, who they feel like, and even the police is saying, yeah, we didn't go into that elementary school early enough. And now the debate begins, right? Because as we are speaking, the NRA is having their uh, convention. In Texas, just 300 miles from where this uh, mass shooting started. And already this year, 270 of these mass shootings here in the United States. And we all know the stats now. We know that we own 40% of all the guns that there are to own outside of armies around the world. Here in the United States, we own those guns. We know that we have 400 million guns in circulation right now, probably more than that. We know that many of those guns now have become assault rifles. We know that these assault rifles that are sold, and people don't like calling them assault rifles, please call them AR-15s. Well, call them what you like, but we know that this has become a $65 billion a year business. We also know it used to be decades ago in many constitutions, in many constitutions around the world, many constitutions had the Second Amendment. Well, the Second Amendment has been removed Uh, from all those constitutions, especially when it came to mass shootings, all but three governments now, and that includes the United States, where we have our Second Amendment, all but three governments now around the world have said, yeah, you don't have the right to bear arms, and you certainly don't have the right to bear AR-15s. This is an American problem. Uh, We also know that that funding for the CDC, uh, because of the Dickey Amendment back in 1996, We know that there hasn't been any funding when it comes to research about why these mass shootings are happening. And so a lot of people are just jumping on television and we are guessing. We're just guessing. Anyway, I just want to remind people, when you look at this little police department down in Texas, it's not the same as the big police department that we have up here in Seattle. We have officers up here. Some make three and four hundred thousand dollars a year after overtime. A little department like that, maybe you make 23000 You don't have training for stuff like this. And as a result of that, are the, are, were these police officers cowards? Or maybe they just didn't know uh, what to do in this particular case. But I am with you. It is heartbreaking when you hear kids inside dialing 911. 
pleading for help and you have parents on the outside wanting to go in and now reports of some of these parents being tased. It is unbelievable. I want to share something with you, though, that I haven't shared before publicly uh, on our radio show when we were at Cairo around the country. Uh, and I've never shared it on this podcast. I want to share this with you now because I think a lot of us are looking for answers. And I don't know that Ron and I have any answers for anything that has happened down in Texas or continues to happen around the country. And I think the debate that we're going to have, it demands action at this point, you guys. I think the good news is kids that have grown up in this gun culture, kids that have grown up, and even here in Seattle, we see in mass kids walking out of St. Joe's today, 6th, 7th, 8th, and ninth graders all around Seattle, really young kids are walking out of the classroom, and they're not asking their parents And they're not asking their educators for permission. They are just doing it. And I think I didn't grow up with mass shootings. I grew up worrying about earthquakes and tornadoes. So we drilled for that. My son has grown up with these mass shootings. He, when, when the SPU shooting was going on here a number of years ago, he had to be evacuated from his classroom. And it is something that he had practiced for many years. And so he was ready to go and ready to do that. Anyway. As we're talking about this, as we are up in arms, literally and figuratively, as our hearts are broken, I just wanted to share uh, something uh, with you that I put up on my Facebook page, and I just want to get uh, Ron's reaction to it, because Ron knows this, all right? So I wrote this uh, last night, uh, coming back from Maui. I said, here's something I have never shared before, and I want to share with you guys. Show me an active shooter. And I will show you an inactive father almost 100% of the time. I'm going to share something with you I've never shared publicly. Before radio, I worked as a pastor, as a social worker. I worked in churches, prisons. I also lived and worked in South Central Los Angeles with gangs and drug dealers for well over 10 years. I have dealt with kids that have stolen, raped, and murdered. Some of these kids that killed their own fathers, they even partied on their graves afterwards. I have traveled and spoke to all over the country to pastors, educators, prison workers, coaches, parents, kids, and police officers, and all types of first responders. We can sit here and we can argue guns versus evil, mental health, all that we want. We can blame the police for not acting sooner. We can blame the NRA. We can blame Jesus. We can even blame our local politicians. We can post and repost things other people have written because we feel helpless and hopeless, or we can take action. Here's an example. Big Brothers of King County has 600 boys in line right now that need a big brother. Ron and I have been bigs, and we both have worked with at-risk kids our entire adult lives. Most of the young boys wanting a big will never get a big, as we call them, because the male volunteers don't want to work with at-risk kids. They don't feel like they know how to do that. These kids have been abandoned by their fathers, sometimes their mothers, but mostly their fathers, you guys. I challenge all of us right now to stop arguing and posting shit that everybody else has posted on the internet this week. And I want all of us to collectively take action. A child loved by, uh, by an active adult will grow up to value life and service, but we have to have the balls to commit to them. My little, that's what we call them, who I was with for eight years, had a dad that was in prison. But LaShawn today, He has changed his story. He has broken the chains. He is 34 years old. He is married. He is a proud dad of three kids. He's a local chef at a restaurant that he partially owns. 
Between his mother, myself, and local educators, we worked to make sure that the trauma of his youth was eliminated. He felt loved. He felt supported. He felt heard. And starting at age 13, that is when our lives intersected, and that's when this really began to happen. Active shooters, they kill for a reason, you guys. Don't blame this just on guns or mental health. There's a reason they don't value life, these shooters. Oftentimes, it's because nobody valued theirs. Become an active participant in their lives today. I see signs everywhere for coaches right now, everywhere. These kids need us. They belong to us. So let's get to work. To all the coaches out there, the pastors, the teachers, the educators, the social workers, the volunteers, the first responders, the second responders that work in the shadows and work with these kids, especially at-risk kids and get paid nothing, I know and appreciate and understand your sacrifice. I thank you and salute you for taking an active role in these kids' lives. And to all you single moms, you grandmothers, your aunts that go it alone, I love you with all my heart for standing on the front lines for these boys that their fathers have given up on or they never showed up in the first place. Become active in a young man's life today. He will not be an active shooter tomorrow. I guarantee it. With deep love and respect for all of you. And I sign my name and you can find that on my Facebook page today. Yeah, no, you got a, a great response out of that. I agree 100% with that. And it's not an either or. Everything you just said is true. People should become active in kids' lives. And we should apply as much pressure as we can to have some common sense. For, for 20 years on the radio, I thought that if I was logical and presented cogent arguments, uh, that maybe I could change a mind over this issue over the years. And you saw me struggle with that, and it was depressing because I would do research and I would write stuff and I would take every argument one by one and, and show what I considered to be a logical path of trying to find a middle ground. And it, it, it's turned into such a quagmire in the United States of America that, and, and you've said this before uh, uh, over the years, there are some politicians that we just need for them to die and for them to go away and for younger, fresher people uh, to get in these positions of power. Because it's no longer about guns. It's no longer about the Second Amendment. It's no longer about the Constitution. A lot of people have a little pocket version that they put in their coat pocket. This has now been metastasized into this entire white power replacement theory, you know, uh, uh, glitterati that's controlling things in there it, the uh, QAnon and all of that stuff has consumed the second amendment and changed it into something that is unrecognizable to anybody and so this fringe movement that will go to great lengths to keep this in power just just ask yourself who benefits by the status quo who benefits by the status quo is it people of color no is it people of low income no uh, is it people that just your regular garden variety, you know, parent with kids at school? No. Who benefits? Is it women? No. no. Who no. benefits from keeping things the way they are? I'm not going to answer it for you, but just think deeply about it. Who benefits from keeping things the way that they are right now? And, and it shouldn't take you very long to start to get a list of adjectives on who who they are. Now think about, is that a majority of people in America? Does that represent the interests 
uh, of what we aspire to be as Americans. And then draw your own conclusions. Uh, because you, you definitely don't listen to me over the years. You definitely won't listen to logic. You don't listen to statistics. You don't listen to every other country that does it differently. You don't listen to Australia. You don't listen to Japan. You don't listen to England. I could go on and on and on with countries that do it differently than we do and have a vastly different result when it comes to children being killed every day. And so if you don't listen to that, follow the money, follow the power, and just ask yourself, who is getting the benefit of this? And why? And so I think if you really just stop for a second and think about that, you'll go, huh, maybe that should change. Maybe there should be a reasonable path forward because 90% of Americans agree on sensible background checks. Nine, give me another issue where 90% of Americans agree on something. 90% of Americans, that includes Republicans, not 90% of Democrats, 90% of both parties, all political affiliations, agree with sensible background checks on guns. And yet nothing has changed. So ask yourself, who benefits from this and why are they digging their heels in so, so let me let me, let me ask you some questions. Uh, everybody in my family owns a gun. Do you want to take away people's guns? It depends on the gun. If you have a, a, a 19-year-old that has had you know anxiety issues or been in mental health facilities and they own an AR-15, yes, I would want to take away that gun. If you have an adult that's been convicted of a crime, if you have an adult that has abused their wife, if you have an adult that has a, a violent felony record, yes, I want to take away their guns. Yeah. If it's a guy that has a twenty-two rifle and he owns property in the up, upper part of Michigan and they want to go out and and do some hunting every year? No, I don't want yeah. to take that gun away. Schools, they say, and this would be the argument, especially from the right, the way you stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. At almost all these shootings, there have been good guys with guns. Uh, there were guys with guns that were on that campus. So what do we do in the meantime? Do we build our schools uh, differently? Because it seems can, like good guys with guns on campus is not working. Can we stop with that? ridiculous notion it has been definitively proven to not be true and so the fact that that keeps getting raised and reposted and regurgitated it is not true go look it up <laughs> read a book read a study not a, a post on a blog go understand statistics like look at the how someone did a study that does not work and so you know, people are going to propose all these things because they don't want to do the hard thing. Yeah. And the hard thing is to actually make change for the better. Donald Trump is speaking today, and we'll finish up here at the NRA. Ted Cruz is also. I find this very interesting. Where Donald Trump is speaking at the NRA convention, everybody is being frisked. Nobody is allowed to enter the room where he is speaking with a gun. We will see you on the other side of this. When the Martin family wanted to buy a house in Seattle for their son, Connor, after he got out of college, they turned to Ron and Don. Sent a message in their little portal. Got a message back within about five minutes from Don, and he set up a phone conference for about a half hour later. About two days later, we were out touring houses with him. Before they started working with Ron and Don, the Martins kept getting outbid. 
They just didn't realize how competitive the market is. But the guys worked tirelessly to find them the right house and then came up with a winning strategy to get it. If we go in at this amount, we think we can we think we think can jump ahead and have people close before uh, they intended to. Because sure enough, it worked out. I don't think we'd have this house if, if it hadn't been for Ron and Don. And now their son has the perfect place for him and his two dogs. And the Martins say they couldn't have been more impressed with Ron and Don. I think both of them said at some point when we were apologizing at how many houses we looked at, said, we love looking at houses. They didn't hesitate to jump in and make this the house for us. It, they seemed very enthused for, uh, you know, a deal to get done and for us to be successful. And that felt really good. They were passionate and they, they were just honest and straightforward. And uh, no, everything's great. Uh, you know, I definitely would recommend it. And if you're ready to buy like the Martins or sell, your journey starts with a Ron and Don sit down at ronanddon.com. My dad, Don, and his best friend, Mr. Ron. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Uh, They've done a study that said that about 90% of all Americans understand what a midlife crisis is, but only 15% of us feel like we have gone or are going or will go through a midlife crisis. Ron, this particular article that I sent you pointed out the fact that maybe having a midlife crisis is a good thing. The gentleman that wrote the article just turned 58. He said in speaking to his doctor, his doctor believes that he'll live to be about 96 years old. At least that's what his doctor feels like. And based on his family history and also based on his personal habits, his insurance company seems to agree with that because insurance premiums at 58 are still relatively low. He makes an argument. That in our 20s, even into our 30s, sometimes we're really not paying attention. But we get into our 40s and 50s, 60s, even 70s. And we begin to understand we're not going to be here forever. We begin to understand how precious time and relationships are. And at some point, we accept our fate that we are going to die. And when we accept our fate that we are going to die, for a lot of us, that's when we begin to live. The one thing that resonated most with me about this this guy's thought piece about midlife crisis, well, a couple things. One, when that phrase entered the lexicon, the life expectancy of a person was late 30s. Yeah. Like it, it was sort of this this phrase goes back hundreds of years. And that at the time they the phrase was created, you know, most people died by the time they were 40. So midlife crisis was t- at 20. Uh, so that that was very interesting. And then the second thing is is he said most men specifically, this is a male author. He's like most men and, and quite a few women, when they get to this this inflection point that you just talked about, they want to add something to their life. So that's where you hear the the cliche of uh I'm buying a new sports car. Uh I'm gonna, you know, get a divorce and get a, a younger, you know, new partner. Like you're at, you want, you feel like you need to add something. It's a possession. That's a house. It's a trip, whatever you're going to add. And the, the thing that he said is he's like, that's exactly the wrong thing. When you feel this urge to have a midlife crisis, start subtracting because you've just spent, uh, if we count your, your adult life, you've just spent 20 to 30, 40 years adding stuff to the canvas of your life because that canvas is pretty full. So if you resist that urge to add the sports car, add the new partner, add the shiny object, and you start subtracting things from that canvas. You start taking it away. 
um, your life becomes kind of more streamlined and elegant. Yeah. And, and it's the act of, of, of knowing what to edit. And I always think of something, you know, like minimalism or the design of the iPhone. When you read the, the book on Steve jobs, where he's like, take away everything that's not necessary. Like I, I don't want a power button. I don't want an off button on the iPhone. I don't want uh, a bunch of buttons everywhere. Make it so simple that it's very streamlined, and that's what made it a success. Same thing with our lives, according to this author, is if you start to remove things, remove possessions, remove the extraneous stuff, your life becomes a more distilled, more pure experience. I thought that was really wise. Yeah, I sent this article to some of my friends, male and female, and like I sent this to my friend Flora, and she wrote back, uh, I loved what he wrote about having a midlife crisis. She's in her 50s. And she said, you know what? I'm trying to work more, and I want to get your response, to my life being more, and he talks about this, my life being more of a sculpture and not, and not a canvas. Yeah, that was basically what I was saying there. When you sculpt, when you paint something that's an additive medium, you start with a blank canvas and you fill it up with paint. Yeah. When you sculpt something, you start with a, with a rock and you remove everything that doesn't look like your sculpture. Uh, and so it's a subtractive process. And b- I think it's basically a version of what I just said is like you, you have the raw material. If, if you're past the age of 40, you should have the raw materials for your life right now. Uh, you have the raw materials. Now you just need to sculpt them into the version of the life that you want. And, and it's so it's, it's just an interesting concept. So yes, have a crisis, but, uh, you know, a crisis of of examination, not a crisis, I think, of acting out. And that's not to say that you can't have a nice sports car or you can't, you know, get out of a bad relationship if you're in a bad relationship. But do that for the right reasons and not because it feels like, oh, if I just get this shiny new sports car, my life's going to be complete. Get the shiny new sports car because you want a shiny new sports car. Yeah, and my friend Anna wrote and she said, you know what, I really feel like I've come to the point uh, and she's in her mid forties where I have something called crystallized intelligence, which, uh, which he talks about as well. I don't remember that concept. What is the crystallized intelligence? Crystallized intelligence just means a lot of the things that you thought or you postulated when you were younger, when you get into your forties and fifties, th- the things that seem to be true or the things that seem to be not true, you've had a time and period of your life to test those and it becomes crystallized for you about the things that are truly important and the things that aren't. And, and, and the most important thing for a lot of people, uh, especially if they're, if they're still involved in their own life, because we know a lot of people, as you get older, you, ju- you go work for the man, uh, you fill up your schedule with stuff that other people are doing, and you show up, but you really don't show up for yourself. You're not an active participant in your own story. Crystallized intelligence is about really understanding your story, being an active participant in that, and then acting on that. So if you if you feel, for instance, like experiences, I just went went to Maui and learned to die. That experience of doing that was very important to me, but was it important enough where I'd actually go do it? Or is it something that I've talked about? And we all sit there and we talk about things. But as we get older and as our intelligence becomes crystallized, that's when we make that decision to step into it, to lean into it and say, you know what? 
I'm going to go do those things that I've always said are very important to me. And you start living a life of experience and human connection versus a life of just being a collector of stuff. And then it's a bunch of stuff when you die that other people either get to keep, play with, or throw in the garbage. We will see you on the other side of this. All right, you guys, Ron and Don here with uh, Mitch Not Loans, one of the great advertisers here on the Ron and Don podcast. This is unique. We had a couple listeners that reached out to Ron and said, hey, we'd like uh, you guys to sell our home out here in Snoqualmie. And then we have a couple listeners that listened to this podcast that wanted to buy that home. So our buyers and sellers were part of the Ron and Don Nation. And guess what the buyer did who listened to the podcast? They reached out to you in order to get the financing done. So everybody in this transaction was part of the Ron and Don Nation. That was pretty cool, wasn't it? It was really cool. It was great. Yeah, no, um, I had a client reach out to me, and I didn't actually hear at first where where he was calling from. And he said, no, I heard you on the podcast. I'm part of Ron and Don Nation. Let's save some money. And so we worked with him, um, and then it turned out the house that he fell in love with was a Ron and Don listed home, which was just great. That is super cool. It was a very smooth close as well. Everybody's extremely happy with that deal. So if you listen to this show, the other real estate agent also in the Ron and Don Nation, so that was pretty cool. Go to Mitch.Loans. Mitch will do a Zoom with you. You'll do a phone call, talk about your goals, whether it's purchasing a new house or a second house, a vacation house. He's got you covered. Go to Mitch.Loans and ask him, how do I get that one half percent back uh, towards my deal? Mitch.Loans. All right, you guys, welcome back to uh, the Ron and Don Show. And a lot of people are talking right now about the market, the real estate market tanking or we're headed into a recession. I was reading an article this morning, uh, and Elon Musk was being interviewed. And he said, you know what? We're about to go through a recession. It's going to last 12 to 18 months. He said, we need to go through a recession. He said, you know what people learned through COVID? They thought money was free. The government kept sending them checks. They decided not to work. Then they said they couldn't go back to work. And the reason they couldn't go back to work is because of COVID. But then they started traveling, which is true. Right. I, I saw a lot of my friends, man, getting government checks and traveling all over the world. Like how many people went down to Cancun, but they wouldn't go back to work because of COVID. And now what has happened, this is really unique, you guys. And our economy hasn't seen this in 70 years. We have inflation spiking, but also there are help wanted signs everywhere. And just being over in Maui right now, even even over in the islands right now, where tourists are coming back in droves. On the plane that I flew back on, there was not one open seat. And it was one of those big Airbuses that sit, what, over 600 people, I think? So we're flying back, and I was talking to a friend of mine, a new friend of mine. He's from Oahu. And he has kids there. And I said, what are you doing? He said, I am working in Seattle. My mom works for Hawaiian. Uh, I can get a round-trip ticket for $90. He said, they pay so much money in Seattle in the warehouse that I'm working in. He's a 26-year-old kid. He said, they pay so much money and so much more money. He said, it's worth it for me to get on a plane and fly to Seattle and work in this warehouse. And he said, we are begging people right now to come. And he, he, he works down here uh, on a lot of these crab fishing boats before they, before they send those out when they're dry docked. 
And he said, we just don't have any workers. We, we don't have the human power that we need right now to really make the economy work is what it looks like to me. Isn't that unusual? And Elon Musk says it's because we threw a lot of free money at people. And he really believes, especially when you're young in your 20s and 30s, and you probably won't hear this from anyone else, but maybe me and Elon Musk. He says, yeah, you don't get to have a lot of vacations. You don't get to have a lot of experiences. Yeah, you may work 90 hours a week. That's just the way it goes. When you are establishing yourself later on in life, you get to benefit from the fruit of that. But in the meantime, there's a period in your life where it's time to go to work and let's get to work. And he said, this generation doesn't understand it. So he says, you know what I look forward to? I look forward to a lot of people no longer getting those government checks and going broke and bankrupt because that's what'll teach him. And he said, that's what our economy needs right now. So Ron, I'm going to double barrel you here. Your thoughts on Elon Musk and also your, your thoughts on a recession, a correction. What does this mean to the real estate market here in Seattle? Well, my thoughts on Elon Musk is that, can you make my Tesla stock go up? Gosh darn it. Cause I've lost <laughs> a lot of money in the last four months on that Tesla stock. Yeah. So you have to go up. Uh, the thing, to, this is to me a story about expectation. And for whatever reason, and maybe it's human nature, maybe it's just something that has shifted in our culture a little bit, uh, this expectation that there's never a cloudy day, that the stock market will always go up, that I'm never going to have any challenges, that I get to work a great job that makes me super fulfilling, that makes a minimum wage or a livable wage, and that everything's rosy, and that I can work from home, and that I have all these expectations that need to be filled that is not life like that's just not how anything works and so i agree with elon in this sense the economy booms and it expands and it contracts expands and contracts like that's anything in the universe you breathe out you breathe in uh something that goes up comes down like whatever phrase you want to learn so people that are shocked by that and reactive to that and have this huge like sense of anxiety on that to me it's like you don't have a realistic expectation of the world mm. like if you look look at a stock chart look at a, whatever economy chart you want to do look at an unemployment chart look at a housing chart look at a real estate prices chart like go look at these things and go yeah it's gone up for a long time probably needs to retract a little bit come back towards the mean gather your forces and then we'll go again nothing just is a rocket ship that goes up and up and up and up and up forever and so that to me is the first thing is like what are your expectations if you think like even you mentioned your neighbor that's that's selling oh man i missed the peak not if you were living in the house where were you gonna live right so it's like in the abstract if we could all pick the absolute top of some market and the absolute bottom of a market, we would all be billionaires retired because all you would have to do is wake up and go, oh, we're at the very, very top. I sell. And then on July 17th will be the bottom that I'll put all my money in and buy there. And then October 23rd is the very top. I'll sell. You would be a billionaire in about three years. But we can't do that. Same yep. thing with the with the housing market. When you're ready to sell, that's your top. Doesn't matter what the rest of the market's doing. If you need to sell a house today, this is the top of your market. Does that make sense? This is the top of your life right now. So you can either be shocked and surprised when you have a problem, or you can go, this is the natural rhythm of life. 
Good things happen, bad things happen. Things go up, things go down. Markets expand, markets contract. Do I have a strategy? Do I have a skill set that when things go down, what do I do? Because with volatility is, is is how you make money, right? But anything it's, like it's we, not it's, relationships aren't a straight line. Your health is not a straight line. Your financial well being is not a straight line. Being a parent, none of it is a straight line. It's the volatility that makes life exciting, makes it heartbreaking, and at times makes it makes it joyous. Yeah, I just think of like you know I have this rental property, and there was way more repairs than I thought when a tenant moved out. But I wasn't flat-footed. Like, I, I, I had an inkling that I was going to have to do stuff just with the nature of these tenants. So I didn't go in there and lose my mind. Oh, my God! This carpet is stained! You kind of expect... You know what I'm saying? It's like you have a game plan of going... Wait, wait. Who are you talking to? You did lose your mind. For like a half a second. <laughs> and, and, then I, and then I have a game plan. Yeah, yeah. Before I went to Maui, your mind was lost. What are you talking about? No, it wasn't lost. It's, it's the, the sticker shock of getting stuff repaired. But you get my point. Have a game plan for when it goes up and have a game plan for when it goes down. Yeah. Anyway, you guys, thanks for listening to this episode. We really appreciate you. If you want to reach out to us, Ron Upshaw everywhere on the socials. I'm Don O'Neill. You can follow me on Facebook. Give me a follow. I think I have 5,000 friends already. So, But you can follow me and we can interact that way. And I'm Don O'Neill 34 on Instagram uh, as well. If you want one of our buyers books or players books, we had someone reach out to us today from Pierce County. Hey, you guys, if you're Snohomie, you're in Pierce County, you're in King Island, Skagit, wherever you are, uh, we'll send you a buyer's or seller's playbook. And Ron and Don, are, we, we, we are here to help with if you're within the sound of our voice. So uh, just write us. You can write Ron right now. Ron at Windermere.com will send you a buyer's playbook or seller's playbook. If you want to sit down with us, it's 30 minutes. We just sit down. It's virtual. It doesn't cost you a thing. And we'll send you a Ron and Don camp mug, coffee mug, just for sitting down with us. Go to ronandonsittown.com. There you can get signed up for our newsletter as well. Also, if you're thinking about a 1031 exchange, Ron, uh, reach out to us. We're doing a couple 1031s right now. Yeah, even if you're like, what is, I've heard of that and I don't know what it means. It's too hard to explain right now. Reach out. We'll do a Ron and Don sit down. Yeah, basically it means this. If you have a property that's not your primary, you're ready to sell it. And you want to take all that money, not pay capital gains, and you want to move up, maybe add more doors and more mailbox money, then we could do a 1031 exchange. Or can we? That's why we need to look into it. All right. Hey, you guys. Thanks again for listening. Uh, It has been a very unique week. And I hope you and your kids, I hope your kids just feel loved by you because kids know what's going on. And the good news is they are going to grow up one day. They're going to be centers. They're going to work in the House of Representatives. They're going to be police officers, first responders, second responders. They'll be mayors. They will sit on city councils, and they will not allow this to happen. They will remember these things that have happened in their youth, and they will not allow it, and they will change it. But right now, their parents and grandparents, we have an opportunity to step into it and pave the way. But will we do it? Head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time. Episode 406, right here on the, on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet, and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network. <laughs>